Reflections on scientific collaboration between basic researchers and clinicians. An article by Muya and Kasari from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill, USA. Journal of Thrombosis and Homeostasis, 2016. Summary. Early career researchers face uncertainties with respect to their job prospects due to dwelling job markets, decreased availability of funding and undefined career paths. As basic researchers and clinicians tend to have different approaches to scientific problems, there are many advantages from successful collaborations between them. Here, we discuss how collaborations between basic and clinical scientists should be promoted early in their careers. To achieve this, researchers, both basic and clinical, must be proactive during their training and early stages of their careers. Mentors can further augment collaborative links in many ways. We suggest that universities and institutions might reassess their involvement in promoting collaborations between basic and clinical researchers. We hope that this paper will serve as a reminder of the importance of such collaborations and provide the opportunity for all members of the scientific community to reflect on and ameliorate their own contributions. To begin with, we looked into our personal experiences. Joshua, I grew up in Kenya and moved to the United States to pursue graduate school in chemistry and biochemistry. As a basic scientist, I had no idea on how working with clinicians could transform my research until I began with my postdoctoral training again in the US. While I was working on my first project, the availability of patient samples was limited. Fortunately, my PI had built a strong collaboration with other institutions that could provide us for more patient samples. These collaborations gave us at least two advantages. These collaborations gave us at least two advantages. First, consistent patient sample availability and second, samples with unexpected results opened up new research opportunities. Furthermore, these experiences taught me the importance of collaborations with other researchers. Finally, I recognized the value of attending meetings for it has increased my research visibility and helped me to build new networks of collaborators and friends. Caterina, early during my undergraduate experience in Italy as molecular biologist, I was working with patient samples and when I entered into graduate school, my main project was based on a unique mutation found in one patient. Hence, I started to realize quite soon that collaborations with medical doctors were crucial for the research I wanted to pursue. Later, during my first postdoctoral experience in France, as well as during my second one in the US, I could consolidate the idea that collaborations with clinicians are necessary to give basic research a stronger and more translational impact. Interestingly, I noticed that each laboratory 
PI institution and country had different approaches to these collaborations and every single experience enriched me with positive or negative feedback. When we analyze our experiences, we recognize that definitive differences, which are hard to ignore, exist between clinicians and basic scientists with respect to their approaches to scientific problems. Whereas a basic scientist would ask questions such as why and how a phenomenon is occurring, a clinician might be more concerned with the usefulness of that question's outcome for patient care. Thus, sometimes scientists and clinicians appear to have different priorities despite trying to answer the same question. However, in many ways these two professions are mutually interdependent. By engaging in collaborations, we are able to exploit diverse skill sets that have the potential to expedite scientific discoveries and the development of novel therapies. Before discussing how one might initiate collaborative efforts, we would like to address the skills, strengths and research experiences each collaborator can bring. Generally, a basic scientist with a doctor degree has probably spent several years in a laboratory setting and taken advanced courses in biological and physical sciences. Although they may vary from country to country, the strengths exhibited by the basic scientists frequently include extensive research experience gained at the bench, significant time commitment to research, and perhaps flexible time schedules for grant and manuscript writing. Clinicians, unlike basic scientists, tend to have schedules dictated by their clinical services or consults which prioritize their time and their decisions. Generally, clinicians bring skills and expertise that are well-defined and can include the ability to obtain tissue samples and provision of the clinician evaluation of patients and their data. With the exception of those who hold dual medical and doctoral degrees, clinicians generally have a better understanding of the etiology and pathogenesis of many diseases, but may have limited research exposure, especially early in their careers. Typically, medical research hypotheses evolve from observations made in the clinic that make their way into the laboratory to be tested and validated at the bench. The outcomes of these tests have potential to inform novel therapies and recommendations for patient care. From a clinical to bench and back to the clinical problem-solving ideology, it seems that scientists and clinicians each face limitations that can be complemented by their respective skill sets and training. Although recognition of our respective strengths and weaknesses and being involved in collaborations is rewarding, it is not sufficient. We need to change both our way of thinking and attitude towards interdisciplinary cooperation, starting during the formative years of training, if we are to achieve greater success and impact. We recommend that universities and research institutions diversify training pedagogies and promote interactive activities that bring clinical and basic science trainees together. 
priming them for collaborations during the beginning of their careers. For example, many basic science early career researchers may lack opportunities to initiate and cultivate research relationships with clinical colleagues because in many institutions, science and medical departments are separated into autonomous units. However, several ways to overcome such unintended barriers may be still feasible. For example, trainees who are still in graduate school could engage mentors from diverse fields and expand research skills beyond their areas of specialization, and also establish a rapport with fellow researchers. Second, it may not harm career prospects to consider postdoctoral positions based on more clinical research. This does not apply only to basic scientists because many clinicians interested in academic and industrial careers spend some time doing basic research. Trainees should not be limited by their localities in tapping into training and collaborative opportunities in today's scientific climate. Many countries and institutions support and promote collaborative works in different ways, searching and applying for training programs in institutions both in the home country and abroad might offer great opportunities to build and grow personal career networks and to learn from others how to initiate and nurture collaborations. As in many other aspects of our careers, mentorship plays a pivotal role. We can learn much more from established investigators many of them involved in successful partnerships because of their experience and organizational skills. On the other hand, mentors should help trainees to build their own professional network and to start collaborations by introducing them to their senior peers and identifying research resources. For example, by inviting young researchers to meetings when collaborative works are discussed. On the other hand, trainees should take advantage of these opportunities to initiate further collaborative work and to identify researchers they could potentially collaborate with. Conferences and meetings provide a rich environment where one could look for collaborators and also build a professional network of colleagues with similar interests. For example, many national and international conferences and symposia have programs tailored for trainees such as dedicated master classes, trainees receptions and breakfast lunch sessions with established investigators. Numerous scientific sessions also provide opportunities to learn what others are doing and to interact one-to-one -one with them. We therefore advise early career researchers to attend conferences as another career-enhancing activity. When our efforts succeed in initiating a mutually beneficial collaboration, whether it is in an interdisciplinary area or not, we believe there are simple yet intuitive steps that ought to be adopted to ensure that the collaboration is successful and has maximum impact. A research plan outlining the research significance, responsibilities, resources, contribution, authorship and timeline is helpful for keeping track of progress. If trainees are involved, the established investigators should 
support them and encourage them to actively participate at all levels of the collaboration. Communication is important to achieve success. Answering emails, data analysis and manuscript editing should be priorities and done in a timely manner. If misunderstandings arise, be swift in addressing them before they spiral out control. It may be prudent to disclose personal projects that are being pursued independently and sufficiently credit any outside efforts. Remember that honesty and integrity are vital for sustaining collaborations. Conscious of the fact that this is a point of view of two basic scientists at the beginning of their career, we have reflected on the path trainees may take and lessons they may learn along the way when thinking about collaborations between young researchers and clinicians. Writing guidelines on how to make a good collaboration, be productive and publish the best science would have been too ambitious. We hope that this article will serve as a brief reminder of the importance of collaborations and the barriers that we still need to overcome to facilitate collaborations. We also hope that many researchers involved at different levels in the scientific and medical community will take a moment to analyse and reflect on their own approach and practices and find out how they can be agents of change. We anticipate that this perspective will generate further discussions in universities and research institutions, in the scientific societies, and even within independent laboratories between young and established professionals on how big scientific challenges can be met through collaborations. Thank you for listening to this article. Please do follow me on Twitter, Pub Reading, and on all podcast platforms. Thank you.